Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back of the Grid. I am your host this week, Chris, and I am joined by Stu. Hi. And by Tom. Three-way. We're actually all here. Three of us. There's three of us for a change. Oh, my I God. I said it would never happen again, and yet. <laughs> and here we are. Here all we together. are. Just about. We're all here for the celebs, that's why. Yeah. Oh, my God. Here we go. Here Two we go. thirds of us are ill, <laughs> but we've made it. We're all here. Um, that was a heck of a weekend, huh? For many reasons. Yeah, there um, was a there was a Formula One race, right? This weekend. It's in the middle of all of it somewhere, yeah. No, um, wasn't it the Cannes Film Festival but held in Miami <laughs> or something like that? Maybe, yeah. Or the Grammys in Miami. But I think by the time the Formula One race happened, I was a bit sort of over the Miami Grand Prix. <laughs> I don't know about I've, you, but like... I've never known build-up to a race like it. It's just been... It feels like from the moment the checkered flag dropped to Imola, it's just been non-stop Miami yeah. content. Constantly yeah. being told a week in advance that it's going to be the best thing ever and how excited everyone is and like... It's just... <sighs> It was weird. Like, it was. I, I feel like there was so much, and, you know, forgive me for maybe being a little bit negative here, but, like, there was so much sort of flim-flam around this race weekend that by the time the race weekend actually came around, then I just, I feel like it just, the race itself felt secondary to everything else that was going on almost. And mm. I'm kind of like, surely we should be here to watch the cars racing and the sessions, not all the nonsense around sort of where we are like definitely feel like miami was taking center stage when really yeah. actually i feel like the race sh it should always take center stage and it just didn't this weekend and it was just never yeah. going to live up to the level of hype either like we literally had what felt like two weeks straight of just non-stop non this is going to be brilliant here's 10 reasons why all the drivers are super excited for it why it's the oh, greatest yeah. new circuit mm. and you like just wind it back in a bit. Like if you think, yeah. you know, there's there's been hype around new races before, but for the most part, it's just like, here's a new track. Let's go there. We'll see what it's like. And then coming out of it, it's like, wow, wasn't that a great race at this new circuit? Or in other cases, less so. But like, yeah. you know, you think of like Circuit of the Americas, first time we went there. Like, yes, it was a big deal that F1 was going back to America. But even then it was that kind of, let's go there and we all came away going like, oh, they've built a really good track there. That was a really enjoyable race. Yeah, the focus was on like the racing, the track, like yeah. the the things, the normal things that you would expect like Formula One to be, and race, race fans to be talking about. Mm. And this was just totally, to me, this was much more like reality TV. There's more reality TV than Formula One, I think, has yeah. ever been. And, and it, yeah. it just sort of it feels just, it's, very, it's not my vibe. It's just all very disingenuous, isn't it? And very like forced. You know, yeah, very forced. Like clearly there's been a meeting where everyone sat around and gone, right, here are all the hype pieces we're gonna do, and here are like Absolutely the talking points and everything. And I just don't think I don't think your average F1 fan A cares and B is stupid enough to fall for it. Like Yeah. I also feel like this weekend, and I don't know about you guys, this is before we get into any of the race and all that kind of stuff, and I'd love to know what the Discord chat think about this. I felt like a lot of the coverage was really dumbed down quite a lot this weekend. I don't know about you guys. Did you get that sense at all at any point? Um, um 
I mean, I didn't, but I watched the F1 TV coverage. Okay. So it was probably different anyway. I mean, I didn't have to endure the suffering of the traditional grid walk because of Ooh. actually watching a proper grid walk done by Will Buxton. <laughs> but, mm. and Did he make him can... speak to a driver? Yeah, like this, this is the whole point. Like he literally went from the back of the grid to the front of the grid talked about every driver's situation as he went, the position they were in, why they were there, if there was any issues. Like, talked about everyone, like what a grid walk used to be. And he stopped a couple of times and, like, he tried to talk to Mick and Magnussen and had a bit of a joke with them. Um, stopped to talk to Hamilton's dad and then uh, caught Mick again a bit further up kind of thing as he was walking that through the yeah, But it was, an actual, it was an actual grid walk, like what you kind of want. And I, I was like, I was miles happier with the fact that I chose to watch that version of the yeah, race. I feel like they threw Martin in a little bit at the wrong end of the um of the grid almost. Yeah. Like they put him right in the mix where all the oh, slums yeah. were. No yeah. I mean you can forgive drivers for not even being on that grid because there was literally so many people on that grid that yeah. how do you even get how do you how are you supposed to prepare for a race when you literally cannot move? It was like being at the front of a stage at a festival, the front of that yeah. grid. Yeah, completely. And I I feel like Martin maybe felt a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because I, I didn't see the grid walk on the day live, um, but I've seen lots of people since like talking about the grid walk. So for the first time ever, I actually went back and rewatched the grid walk today. <laughs> and yeah, I just mm. felt the, the overriding thing that I felt watching it was like, Martin Rundle does not look like he's enjoying a moment no. of this. I, like he's clearly got no. people in his ear being like, oh, go talk to that celebrity. Oh, go talk to yeah. that celebrity. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I think the whole weekend, this from the, from the Sky coverage side of it, the whole weekend from what I saw just felt like a bit like, let's all go on holiday to Miami and there's mm, some Formula yeah. 1 on it. didn't really feel like coverage of the, Formula 1, you know? The qualifying pre-show, it was... It was an hour of pre-show and it was half an hour, literally half an hour before they talked about a driver or a car. Yeah. I mean, and like that kind of, come on. and it's like, I don't want to sit here and just be negative about the whole thing, but it's, it frustrates me because it's kind of a shame because, okay, there's like, there's going to be tweaks that are needed. I'm sure we'll get into that. But for the most part, they built a pretty damn good circuit there and it didn't look yeah. like a circuit that's been thrown together temporarily. It put on a not an amazing race, but a pretty decent race. It looked like a good event. And I just feel like all of this around it just kind of cheapened it. And actually, yeah. the race and the location and the circuit deserve better than that, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, like they've they've devalued the race 100% by making it about the the people who are in attendance at the race and, yeah. and sort of where it is rather than the actual race. And yeah, I know you get it at places like Monaco and stuff like that, but I mean there's kind of a reason for that because it's been on the it's been on the calendar for seventy years or whatever. Like yeah. it's it's an established race. And and so, yeah, yeah there, there is an element of, like, that sort of, oh, this celebs here, it's the crown jewel kind of vibe. But it's, it's kind of earned that over the decades that it's existed to, like, try and yeah. give that to a race. It has just, a prestige. 
immediately off before, you know, cars have even run on track. They were literally doing this. It's like, oh, mm. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a yeah. huge fan of that. Yeah, it, it's a shame. But I mean, we're the very we need to sort of like move this thread on a little bit because we're we're at risk of sounding like a bunch of old men who are out of touch <laughs> with what the act, the young audience of Formula One, um, you know, really want. I would say like to round this off, like the this race weekend felt much more like entertainment than any other Formula One race that I've seen. I didn't feel like I was watching a sport. I felt like I was watching day, not daytime TV, but like, you know, entertainment, mm. t- Saturday night TV, it felt like. Mm. And that's not, me personally, that's not why I tune into Formula One. I tune into Formula One to watch the fastest drivers in the world in the fastest cars in the world going hammer and tong during a race. So yeah, that's, that's, kind of my vibe on it but i think yeah having said all with us, with us all saying like our piece on that i think in the end it, it, it was still good like i'm not saying it was a yeah, bad yeah. weekend it's just not necessarily how i would like to go about watching my formula one seasons for an entire yeah. season for sure <laughs> no that's for sure um and you, you can't remind me there like mentioning you know maybe we just sound like old men but then like even the stuff that maybe was named at us, they didn't do a great job of because they had the whole like pre-show or like opening party or whatever it, what they called it on like the Thursday night with whoever playing and stuff. And who did they were allowed to present it on stage? David Croft. Like, yeah, he's he's man of the Ugh. people, finger on the pulse of what the youth are into. Like, yeah, I can't even get that part right. Um, Shall we talk about the race? <laughs> we probably should. I mean, because we're at risk, we're at risk of becoming like what we're all, all not enjoying <laughs> about this race weekend. So let's, we might even need to cut a lot of that out. So let's, um, let's get into. I think we should try and get into race weekends. Right, let's get into the race weekend. Um, I, I feel like a, simultaneously a lot happened and not much happened all at once. I've, i we'll just kind of run through team by team, driver by driver, and discuss what happened. Um, so we'll start at the front. Um, obviously, Leclerc on pole. He was fastest across all of qualifying. Um, he led off the start. Verstappen passed signs into turn one, which was crucial for his race, I think. Um, yeah. Only took nine laps for Verstappen to get past Leclerc. Um, I mean, it ultimately came down to the setup choice, didn't it? Red Bull had gone for a lower downforce, higher top speed setup, and that ultimately seemed to be the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, Ferrari looked a bit better on the hard tyres in the second phase of the race. Like Leclerc closed the gap a bit, and obviously, under the safety car, he was able to have a, well, I say have a go. He got close, but even then, like, even with DRS, he was never able to properly have a look, was he? The, yeah. That the top Red speed Bull, was man. the difference. That Red I'm, Bull in race trim is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Max's drive all weekend to be to be fair as well like well spe- specifically the when he was driving <laughs> yeah yeah like the, the Max's pace on Sunday was kind of like something something else. I, I don't know, it was it was just weird because considering like the fact that he'd had less time then it I don't know it was just more like. It surprised me that Leclerc wasn't able to stay with him or like stay ahead of him, and there were a lot more 
mistakes on race day from Leclerc. Um, not not major ones either, but like a lot of just outbreaking himself and running wide and costing himself an opportunity to either be able to defend effectively or attack effectively. And I don't know. I think Max just had a really, really solid Sunday from Czech yeah. flag. So you predicted it, Tom. You predicted it, man. Mm. I did. I did. Oh, so did Chris, to be fair. As did I, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have had I bothered to do any predictions, but I completely forgot. You were busy yourself. Uh, what was I doing, actually? I was, yeah, I was in Porto, actually, last weekend, so that, that, <laughs> that wouldn't help. But, uh, no, that was the weekend before that, so now, yeah, I just totally, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't part of the preview show, so I totally forgot <laughs> to make predictions. <laughs> um... um yeah so like the red bull in race trim is like next level so so quick um they've spent a lot of money on upgrades already at red mm. bull and ferrari haven't yeah. really spent any money on upgrades so red bull have definitely like sort of gone early i think with development of their car and ferrari really haven't done any development they've got a big package coming for the next race in spain and you do wonder you know like how sustainable is it that Red Bull are going to be able to maintain this advantage once Ferrari have yeah. shown their hand and, and done their upgrade package? Are we going to get to Barcelona and, you know, we're going to be in a situation where Red Bull, uh, sorry, Ferrari are the absolutely dominant force again? Or mm. is it going to stay close throughout the season? I think it's going to ebb and flow. I don't think it's going to be sort of one team dominating, which is a good thing. And I think the cost cap is probably going to be a good way of like making sure that happens. Mm. So yeah, I think they're getting that, this, things are starting to be got right. I dare say. I, I, I th- yeah, I think the th- I think the thing when it comes to the Red Bull updates though is Red Bull were like pretty much there out the gates, weren't they? Like did you know? I'm not saying it was like the best car coming into the start of the season, but it was. It was up there, and it wasn't suffering with the porpoise into this anywhere near the, you know, effect that like Mercedes were and even Ferrari at times. Like they'd they'd got like the best combination of being quick and also being like a bit ahead of the porpoise in thing. And and I guess there's probably something to be said for like Adrian Newey's experience with the last course, time yeah. around there the was mm-hmm. ground effective formula one and sort of probably coming across certain limitations and issues back then that he's been able to factor into the design of this year's red bull and and be on top of like potential issues like that like and the updates are sort of more fine-tuning what they've got that's already working rather than trying to fix a problem and i think that helps yeah. them a lot and he's help helping with this being able to like kind of eat, start to eat into that lead that Ferrari had early on. So yeah, you just wonder like once Ferrari get rid of their porpoising, are they going to be like even Mm. quicker as well? Yeah, I mean Ferrari's isn't too bad, is it? It does happen on the longer straights, but I do. I mean, I don't, I don't remember seeing a huge amount, if any, during the race um, at any point for them this weekend no. at the end of the back straight a little maybe but it wasn't yeah too bad mm. um, yeah the other thing with red bull though kind of what might come to bite them as the season goes on is yes they've gone early with their upgrades but 
their reliability is still not there. So they're not really fully reaping the benefits yeah, of these upgrades right now. Like, you know, Perez had a sensor issue that I reckon left him about 30 horsepower down. Perez said he thinks without that, they could have had a 1 2 this weekend. Um, he thinks Verstappen, he would have won it. I mean, yeah, Verstappen yeah, yeah. has literally, Verstappen this season has won or retired. That's all he's yeah. done every race, which is. Yeah ridiculous really it's ludicrous yeah it's absolutely ludicrous um but yeah he's closed the gap at the top down to 19 points of the clear now so less than a win between them um Ooh. yeah mm. interesting stuff it's exciting it's, it's exciting. very exciting. i think this lead's going to change hands a few times this season i think I it is see it, um staying one person for sure no, no chance um signs had a, another big crash in fp2 um, but still managed to qualify on the front row. Uh, when he had that crash, I was like, "How much? How much worse can it get for this guy?" But he did turn it around yeah. in qualifying. To be fair, yeah, he did. Um, he lost a second at the start, as we said. Had a slow pit stop, but because Perez was in a wounded Red Bull, he managed to hold on to um, to third. Nearly lost third to Perez again after the. Um, safety car because Perez pitted and switched to mediums but managed holding off again aided by the missing 30 horsepower um, but like solid weekend for signs I think like definitely better than the last two races that's for sure yeah not, not yeah, a perfect finish at least yeah he need, he really needs that perfect at least he finished yeah but he does need a perfect weekend still like he needs to get that yeah. ticked off get that monkey off his back almost and just yeah. sort of get on with his season now. Like, yeah, he's had a, he's had an okay, he's had a decent result here. Um, a lot of people were talking about asking why they didn't pit the, uh, the Ferraris for mediums during yeah. the safety car, but they were actually better off on the hard compound, those cars. They, because of they the unique characteristics of the tarmac, then they, it, it was better to have, warmed up hard tires that still had lots of life in them than it was to try and warm up a set of cold used mediums or softs um yeah. and maybe never get them quite where you need them and them not work, be working in time for you to put an attack on the car ahead yeah um so i think they did make the right decision in staying out i think it would have been a bit risky given that they weren't guaranteed to get sort of well, they were unlikely to get anything out of the, the, the different compounds of tyres to the hard. I think it was the right decision to stay on the warm tyres. Because imagine trying to get those cold tyres heated up. You don't know how long the safety car is staying out. If if you're on fresh tyres and they're not in the right temperature window, with these cars in this era of Formula 1, you're going nowhere. So, yeah, yeah I think they definitely yeah. made the right decision to stay out. Especially with Perez breathing down the neck. like Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, right, let's talk about Mercedes because they oh, had one God. of the weirder weekends I've ever seen for a team. Yeah. Um, so they turned up with some upgrades. Uh, they had new front wing end plates, which on Friday seemed to have made a pretty big difference. Um, Russell was he was second in FP one, wasn't he, and top in FP two. Yeah. Their yeah. long run pace looked very much competitive with what Red Bull and Ferrari were doing. They said they tried a small setup change for FP3 and they were suddenly 15th and 17th. So they reverted that change Mental. from qualifying, um, but were still 
basically miles off the pace. Uh, Russell went out in Q2. Hamilton scraped himself up to P6, but still lost the second off pole. Um, the kind of prevailing theory on it seems to be that on Friday when the grip was low, the cornering speeds of the cars through the fast stuff, like the, the, the grip obviously is the limiting factor and the grip level didn't allow the cars to get to a speed where the porpoising started. So right. <clears throat> under those conditions, without the porpoising happening, Mercedes was legitimately one of, if not the quickest car. Get to Saturday, tracks are rubbered in. Everybody else was going about a second faster and Mercedes got slower because they were poor poising through the corners. Like, I think it was Q1, really like Russell had a, Do you remember that, like, massive snap through one was, of the fast yeah, corners? Yeah, I was about Russell to say, had, like, like the, the kind of, well, not the, the, the proof of that theory, but, like, something that helps go towards it is that horrible snap that Russell got because of the bouncing. And his, his response to the engineer afterwards was just that it's effing bouncing, man. Or yeah, something bouncing to that Jeff. Effort, like, Jeff, it's yeah, bouncing. Yeah, Jeff, is bouncing. it's bouncing. It's just further proof, though, that that car has yeah. potential to be so fast, but yeah, the, the second, it, second it lands in that um, porpoise window, like, it just <laughs> loses all of it. I like that term, porpoise window. In the porpoise window, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, um, it is a it's a very straight. They really it, it definitely shows you that they do need to get on top of the porpoising issue as soon as possible. They need mm. to understand it, and I think it is a concept worth them pursuing. Definitely, because yeah, like to to go from where they've been to that in a practice session is kind of like that's such a leap. It's so, crazy. Mm. Yeah, if they can just fix this porpoising, then I think yeah, they might be, they might they might actually have a very very good car in there somewhere just setting the damn thing up is the is the key isn't it yeah and it does yeah. look better in on run race pace and it does in qualifying i think but it's still mm. they're kind of in that um, they're almost in that best of the rest no man's land in um race pace aren't they a lot of the time once they get into yeah they are now air. yeah yeah they've definitely moved away from like because they were in the clutches of like mclaren and alpine and teams like that <clears throat> And now they're they're definitely sort of like just creeping away from that and more towards the sort of solid, sort of third fastest team. Really, like they feel like they are the third fastest team now. Whereas like a few a couple of races ago, it felt that was you know that was out for a million. Miles the jury away. was out on that one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one really knew quite where they were. So they're definitely like slowly coming into play. Um, I just hope it's not too slowly i really i would really like to see a freeway fight yeah. for this um for this world championship this year so um yeah let's uh let's keep our fingers crossed for them that they can get it together yeah um yeah so Hamilton had a rough race he got nudged by alonso at the start and lost a couple of places and basically stared at bottas's rear wing after that for most of the race um there was that whole thing under the safety car where the team were asking him if he wanted to pit and he was sort of saying, well, I don't know. I, I, you tell me, you're the one to all the information. Like he was, mm. it all sounded quite tetchy, didn't it? That whole exchange. And yeah, he's, 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 got, he's got a point. Like, he has got a point. But it, it, again, it goes back to a thing we've said about Mercedes plenty of times where 
they seem guilty of looking at what the computer says. The thing is, though, he loses either way, doesn't he? Because if if he lets the team make the decision and it goes wrong, then like he's going to blame the team. If the team don't make a decision and he loses a position because they didn't make a decision, he's going to blame the team. Like mm. it's it's just it's just what it's a scenario that. Over the years, I feel like Mercedes seems to be falling more and more into that stupid sitting on the fence, can't make a decision, which is what we always used to poke fun at Ferrari for. The last two, yeah. maybe three seasons, Mercedes do not appear to be able to make a strategy call, whereas Ferrari generally seems to be able to. Like, I don't know if they've somehow like poached somebody, but... Ferrari make a heck of a lot better in a strategy call at the minute than Mercedes do. You say that, but then they left George Russell out waiting for a safety car. And it, I mean, George, George, Russell, George Russell, Russell chose to stay out. There was a radio mm. message where George basically said, yeah. I'm, basically said, I'm going to stay on these and, and hope that there's a safety car. And they were like, okay, well, yeah, that's good, George. <laughs> like they yeah, let, maybe He, just he made you. that call, not them. Maybe, maybe it just shows you what sort of they, they're so finger in the air at the moment in that team, like trying to yeah. figure out sort of which way the wind's blowing that they, they're sort of, you know, struggling in other areas as well. Like it, it's not, I mean, we, we said last year that you can't just show up to a racetrack with the fastest car and beat Mercedes. You need to do the whole deal. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need the full package and Red Bull absolutely had the full package last year. There's no doubt about that. And Mercedes probably didn't. And you do wonder if they have less of the full package more still th- this point in the season, you know? Like if they're getting mm. worse. But yeah, it's, it was a weird exchange. Like it's quite unusual to hear them sort of having an argument about whether or not they should pit. Like normally they'd, they, they, at least that normally they'd be on top of. So I think yeah. you have got I'm, a point there. No, no, bear, bear with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that shows that it's not that it's not that uncommon, Chris. Uh, keep me saying now. That's push true, even. Yeah. So they do get stuff <laughs> wrong quite we're, often, Stuart. Yeah, we're, we're not about. Yeah. Well, yeah, but all teams do. Don't they? When you're in the heat of a championship fight, I mean, you are gonna get. There's gonna. It's Formula One. It's it's possible to get things wrong. All teams do it all the time. Um. But yeah, I, to me, like. They're definitely getting. They're almost paralyzed by the lack of reliability to me. Mm. That's how it feels. Yeah. What I found almost weirder from them was after the safety car, you ended up with Bottas, then Hamilton, then Russell, with Russell on brand new mediums. And like as it was, Bottas ended up making a mistake and letting both of them through. But. I don't understand why they didn't ask Hamilton to just let Russell buy and let him get after Bottas. Like they just kind of sat there and let them fight amongst themselves. And if Bottas hadn't made that mistake, like they could well have just been giving up a place and just, as they watched Bottas drive into the distance while they fought amongst themselves. Like I just don't, it seems a, it seemed a weird choice for me to just let them race when there were more positions to be gained. I don't think Russell was ever getting past um, Perez, though, was he? He wasn't getting past Perez, but Bottas he was going to. 
And I think well, if Bottas had... Yeah, but only because Bottas made yeah, a mistake. Yeah, only because Bottas' is a mistake. Yeah. There's some points. If, if it wasn't for Bottas making that mistake, I think he'd probably mm. have pulled a gap on them while they were fighting amongst themselves. And yeah, I don't That's know. I don't know. Do weird. you want to be in that? Do you want to be in that post-race meeting at Mercedes where you've just let Lewis Hamilton's teammate go past him when you've just given Lewis well, Hamilton team orders? Well, do you know what? After every race, Lewis Hamilton. After every race, he's. Hamilton's finished behind Russell. He's been all like, you know, it's good points to the team. George did a great job today. It's like, well, if that's what you're going to be saying, then if you're, mm-hmm. if you're, going, to, if you're going to talk the team game, then play the team game, you know? If you're going to talk like a number yeah. two driver, you'll get treated like a number two driver. <laughs> yeah, that's Lewis. what you're saying. That's what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just um, circumstance, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I think it's a bit early in the season, though, to, especially the position Mercedes Look, are in. It's a bit early in the season to be giving team orders and telling people but, to go one person past another. But here's the other flip side of that. Like, the classic Mercedes thing to do there is basically let's swap the cars, let him have an attack. If he can't hmm. get past him, you yeah. can have the place back. That's the sort of general thing that a team like Mercedes normally does. So I'd, I'd have <laughs> kind of expected that of a... Look, we've put George on a dif- George is on a different strategy. He was able to pit yeah. under the virtual safety car for his scheduled stop. Like we want to see if he can attack Valtteri, so we let yeah. him through. And if he if he can't do I- it with like five laps to go, we'll switch you back. Yeah. Now whether I think the George has gone on vacation. But- oh yeah, for, for the season. <laughs> yeah. Strategist for at the back of the garage in their Hawaiian shirts, sipping on my ties. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, right. What next? <laughs> I mentioned him briefly. I'm going to mention him again because, of course, I am. Uh, Bottas was very good all weekend, right up until he ran wide of the hairpin and gave away two places. But best of the rest in yeah. qualifying, maybe could have finished fifth. But um, yeah, threw away all chance of him getting driver of the day from us by running wide and letting two Mercedes through. Well, from um, you. <laughs> uh, Alonso, let's talk about Alonso. My goodness. Um, gained four places off the start, uh, but then basically got stuck behind Gasly for most of the race. Tried to undercut him, that didn't work. And then just seemed to get frustrated and dive-bombed up the inside of Gasly in a move that was never going to work. Um, Which, to be fair, he did eventually take the blame for that, um, but he got a five-second penalty in the process. Then he went on to cut... Yeah, then he cut the turn 14 chicane a couple of times and got investigated for it and got himself another time penalty for that. So he finished eighth, but got dropped out of the points for his time penalties um, and earned himself three penalty points in his license in the process. Mm. Not Damn. a great weekend for old Nando. Start started no. out well, but then the French roadblock decided to ruin it all. For yeah, him. <laughs> it was like. Do you remember his last race for, for McLaren at um, <laughs> he, at Abu Dhabi when he just like the last few laps started he just cutting one of the corners so he could yeah. <laughs> so carry yeah. overtaking someone like. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not going to get away with that. People are going to notice when you start cutting corners. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so what a start, though. Great start, amazing start. And um, we did go oh, into yeah. the back of Hamilton, which is, again, Let's not... Um, but I say going to the back of him, he sort of, like, touched wheel. His front wheel made contact yeah, with... Yeah, wheel to wheel. It wasn't rear. too bad, that. Mm. 
I mean, it's, it's lucky Hamilton caught it, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Alonso going to Alonso, isn't he? Like, mm. He's been, he's, he's, he's exciting, he's interesting to watch. He's, it's a shame that he made that mistake in that uh, overtake against Gasly. I feel like that was kind of a schoolboy error. Yeah, it's a bit clumsy, for, especially for Alonso. But, you know, it's racing, isn't it? He tried yeah. to channel his inner Danny Rick and just failed miserably. He was like, I'm going to send this on the inside. And then he was like, oh, wait, no, that's not working. Because Gasly's he put turning two stamps on it before he sent it. <laughs> yeah. Or not enough, maybe. Uh, <laughs> or not enough, yeah. <laughs> uh, next, Ocon. Oh, yeah, Ocon had a huge crash in FP3. Um through the corner that we all predicted would be the place people would have crashes. Um, yeah. 51G, apparently. Oh, big old impact. Um, but he was another one that started on hards. He got as high as eighth place when other people were pitting, then switched to mediums under the safety car like uh, Russell did. Gained a handful more places through um, Vettel and Schumacher colliding and then Alonso's penalties to finish eighth from last on the grid. Um, that's very good that's very a good, good drive, drive. Um, he did they team did ask him to hold up the ones behind to try and help like negate Alonso's penalty and he basically said no <laughs> which <laughs> to be f- can't really blame him because it's not like he had a massive gap like he, he had people breathing down his neck so yeah Ocon said no Ocon yeah. says no <laughs> basically mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, who else shall we talk about uh, Albon um had yeah. really good practice pace, but only qualified 18th. Um, managed to pass Russell really early on, gained a few more plays through the pit stops, and then again, the same crash of penalties, rose to finish 10th, second points finish of the season for Albon. His, um, his lucky red hair serving him well. Yeah. 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 That whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, another really good drive from Albon, that. Very impressed with him this year yeah. so far. He's, he's I, come I alive, hasn't he? Really has. Yeah. I also believe that the, the rest of his pit team have to dye their hair red now because he scored points here. I'm sure that was some, <laughs> there was something else oh, saying man. that Sucks he said if, if he said if I score points in Miami, the rest of you have to do this. And I, I don't know if Elliot. it's true or not, but yeah. So we'll see. Albon. Albon and Bottas both seem like people who have like stepped out of just the pressure cooker of being in a big team and are absolutely thriving in a in a sort of different environment, aren't they? Like both of them yeah. seem to have come alive since they've left their respective big teams. Yeah, yeah I mean, Bot- Bottas feel- definitely feels a lot more like the Bottas of old that we, mm-hmm. you know, we were also happy was moving from Williams to Mercedes back when he did like he's feeling more like you're getting that side of him back in terms of his performances for definite mm. it's almost like being the number one driver increases your confidence yeah weird though isn't it I think. But or not like, being pigeonholed if... into just a support guy <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah actually being That's given the it. opportunity to race helps yeah. as well like if you stepped into watching F one this season with no prior knowledge and looked at Bottas's performances, you'd be like, "Wow, we spent time on the big teams. Pick this guy up. He's great. He's like, yeah, yeah, really yeah. driving his car." Mm-hmm. 
Little do yeah, can you know. imagine? All, can you imagine in a couple of years and like there's like new fans of this sport going, why is Albon and Bottas not getting trans in the top <laughs> seat? Like, well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's next? Aston Martin. Um, I feel like mm. it was like what could have been for Aston Martin. Like they had a solid enough qualifying, they were tenth and thirteenth, which is among the better qualifying sessions I've had this year. Yeah. Um, and then they left their fuel in the fridge too long, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so weird. That is, I've been watching F one for a very long time now, but that is definitely a new one. Yeah. So the rule mm-hmm. is your your fuel has to be not below a certain temperature when you put it in the car. And yeah, but that's not a fixed value. It's fixed based on the ambient temperature of the circuit you're at, I believe. Of course it is. Which is, which right. is, which is oh why it's a really obvious... So it's not like the fuel must always be 20 degrees Celsius, for example. It's your fuel must be within 10 degrees Celsius of the ambient temperature of the circuit. Does that take into account like air pressure and things then as well? It must do because like I don't know, obviously but... the heat, the temperature of the fuel is going to affect the mm. volume of the, of the it container it takes up. So if you super cooled your fuel, you could get more fuel in your tank. And yeah, well, a... I, I guess that's part of the reason that it's not a defined temperature and it's a it's a relative temperature. Yeah, I don't but know. But then they it's only give them they only give them a certain weight of conversation. Fuel. They only get, you're only allowed a certain weight of fuel. The way around that is to think. So it just seems strange that there's a. I wonder what the reason is. But if anyone like knows the reason for this, I want to know. Ultimately, it's a performance advantage, like cooler fuel. Yeah, cooler fuel. Yeah, you, you can yeah. run your engines more so, intensely with cooler fuel because it'll yeah. help cooling the engine. So that, but then your your fuel is only going to stay that temperature for so long. It's not going to stay that temperature very long in a Formula One car. No. It soon yeah. warms up to be the same temperature as the ambient temperature, probably, and you, probably yeah. well above the, that yeah, temperature. Yeah, way more so. So, um, I don't know, maybe it gives you an advantage at the start because your fuel might be at a relatively lower temperature. Yeah, I, I think while, you, yeah, you, while like, you've got a, more fuel at a lower temperature, it's less of a weight impact, and by the time it's coming up to ambient temperature and above, you've burnt so much of it off that you've obviously received the benefit of it being cooler for the, the initial stage of the you see what i mean like that's where it's yeah at its, maybe yeah but it, I, even then though i think by the time you've driven around the circuit to the grid yeah you, you the car gets so hot so quick anyway with all the electronic mm. coupons and radiators literally everywhere surrounding the entire car surely the fuel the average temperature of the fuel in the car is going to be the same for pretty much everyone but give or take like a what one percent of a degree yeah, I mean, I don't it's... know what Jeff's qualifications are, but he says I'm right, so I'm taking that <laughs> in chat. <laughs> I just um, see him say, Tom is correct. Woo! <laughs> either way. This is the bit where Je- Je- Jeff is some kind of, like, fuel expert. That's his, <laughs> like, data. Oh, there oh, you he's, go. A he's, a sci- he's a rocket scientist. He's a rocket scientist. Literal rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Actually? Is he actually? <laughs> I don't know. No, he's not. He's oh. not. He's joking. Oh, I, I was taking that serious then. I was actually thinking that we've got a legit rocket scientist in our Discord. Just quietly hiding out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bizarre thing to get wrong. So I had to start the pit lane. Um, Stroll sort of, he made some good progress at the order. 
had a couple of clashes with Magnussen, one of which Magnussen got blamed for and got a five-second penalty. The other one was more racing incident, I think. Um, Stroll also got a black and white flag for weaving again. That's second time this season, maybe third time. Um, Yeah, he needs to be careful with that. He does. Um, I'm not sure if he got a penalty point for it or not, but... um, Not that I'm aware of this time. He's still nine. Yeah, he needs to be very careful these next few races. Um, actually, next few months, I think. I don't I think I'm right in saying none of his points expire until like June or July. So I think, yeah, I think when we checked, he got a good couple of races to uh, yeah to go through easily. Um, Stroll ended up tenth after Alonso's penalty, so they at least got a point for their troubles. Vettel's race ended mm. with that collision with Schumacher. Um, Sad times. Yeah, like of all the people to have a crash, it had to be Schumacher and Vettel. Um, yeah, that was heartbreaking. It was a shame. Yeah, um, it's another just clumsy one, wasn't it? Really, just mm. going through moves was. that wasn't really on. Yeah, yeah, but I think both sides as well, though. I think like it wasn't very well defended either. No, because the thing is, there was the... another car in the mix as well, wasn't there? It was like, yeah. Mm, he, he left the door up. Like, with the, the Gasly-Alonso one, Gasly never really left the, the gap for Alonso. Like, Alonso was going for a gap that was never really there. So there was never an argument of, oh, he shut the, he's like, closed the door on yeah. me. Like, there was a gap and he's, he's cut me off. Whereas Vettel was, like, really lazily defending that position and there was, there was initially quite a gap there for Schumacher to attack and he just kind of all went a bit wrong. So... Mm. Yeah, sad times. Yeah, heartbreak. Um, yeah, it's a shame as well because Schumacher was like in the mix for his first points, but yeah, obviously it was na- was in ninth at the time. <sighs> to be honest, that like ninth, tenth, eleventh seemed to swap around so much in those closing laps. Yeah. I'm not sure where he actually was at that point in time. Maybe he was trying a bit hard because he knew he was so close to a point. I don't know. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, and then last sort of significant stuff to talk about, I think, is McLaren. Um, not the best pace or weekend. Uh, they were late sending Ricardo out for his Q2 run, which meant his prep lap was compromised, so he went out in Q2. Norris made eighth place. Um, Ricardo, he was last to pit of the medium starters and it didn't really play out for him. He dropped down to 17th. Gained a couple of places by switching to softs as a safety car, but then picked himself up a five-second penalty because he passed Magnussen off track, so he finished down in 13th. Mm. And sounded pretty despondent after the race as well did old Ricardo, sadly. Mm. Um and then Norris as well, he just dropped places through the pit stops, um, got stuck behind Schumacher for ages, and then had that clash with Gasly in the end that ended both of their races. Um, it's a weird one for McLaren, isn't it? Because we were last time we spoke, last time I spoke to you guys, McLaren were looking like decent. They were looking like a, you know, they were really like on top of it, weren't they? The yeah. 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 And this race, they just seem to have done the opposite. Um, Here's, uh, whether it's a factor or not, but I think the thing to probably bear in mind here is uh, maybe a heat thing again. Like we talked about the yeah, fact that, uh, you know, there were there were cooling issues at the start of the year. 
and they'd not really been anywhere since Bahrain. I suppose Australia would have been pretty hot though, to be fair. So yeah, Australia was warm for sure. Yeah, I wonder if it's the surface, like because the sur- could be they, they seemed quite vocal about how sort of bad this uh, tarmac is at, at, um, at Miami, which became which was a thing, wasn't it? I mean, you wouldn't have heard much about it because you was everyone's been too busy talking about just Miami being Miami, but <laughs> um, there, there's a whole thing where like the bitumen is like made from like a recycled substance or something, or like the whole like. Mm method of producing this tarmac is like a new different way of doing it that there's never been used before on formula one circuit oh interesting which like some of the drivers were say like perez was was worried that it was it's going to be really really difficult to overtake during the race and i think it was difficult for drivers to overtake during the race but i don't necessarily think it was any more difficult than it should have been but um with all that in mind maybe there's something about the mclaren and the characteristics of this racetrack that don't quite gel yeah, based on what we've seen so far, mm. I yeah, guess that I've, we've already yeah. sort of kind of said that, haven't we? So, yeah, I think so. I think it's a combination of things didn't suit them, probably. Um, mm. What do we make of that Norris and Gasly crash? I mean, I feel like they've both got some responsibility in it to be. To put I my... think Norris could have left more room. Definitely, Norris no, could have like no, you know, no, Norris definitely moved the across. Well. Yeah, no, Norris definitely moved across much sooner than he should have, possibly thinking he was already passed or something, I don't know. But and it, I didn't get a chance to go back and find this yesterday. I annoyed myself that I've not had time to do it. But when I was watching an F1 TV, there was like a playback of a radio message from Gasly. And it sounded like he was on the radio talking to them about the problems he had with the car at the point him and Norris mm-hmm. made contact and when you pair that when you pair that up with his onboard um uh, during the incident it almost feels like gasly's not fully concentrating on who's coming past him because he's busy talking to them about what's going on and he's sort of just drifting a little bit like away from the inside of the corner and like obviously norris is then trying to come across him and i think it's like that's why I think it's a bit six of one, half a dozen of the other. Like, yeah. Norris yeah. has come across he, well, a lot he... sooner than he should, but Gasly's sort of drifted that way a little bit because he's half concentrating on what he's talking to them about on the radio at the same time as well. Yeah, and he had damage as well, didn't he, from the Alonso collision? Yeah, and, and yeah, you don't know if the, 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 drift, the drift could have easily been because of the damage rather than the rather than a lack of concentration or anything as well. There, there's yeah. yeah, every possibility of that. He was, and if, if you've seen I've a seen car the... with that issue, you, you'd expect Norris to give it as wide a berth as possible for as long as possible, mm. wouldn't you? Really? You I guess it's like, that was around that blind bend though, wasn't it? So there's only so much time you've got. No. To think. And if, if you're like not confident with your car, maybe you don't want to be putting too sharper inputs into it because you end up spinning no. trying to avoid mm. someone. With Norris? Is that the blind bend that it was at? Or? Yeah, Gasly and Norris. No, no, no. Get so Gasly had gone wide into the left hander, which is oh, I want to say it's turn eleven, turn eleven, and then as they were going round turn twelve, that long one, that's I believe that's the 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 ones it was. Um, but oh, right. yeah, so Gasly, Gasly had gone wide and was like running on the inside, but it was before they'd even started making the turn into the right hander that Norris has then like kind of come back across a little bit. Yeah, he, he just smacked both, the, um, both of them being a little bit out of 
position and not quite as aware as what was going on around him as they could be. Yeah, if you watch Gasly's onboard, he seems to be looking like down at his wheel and like looking yeah. off to the. It's almost like he's looking at his right hand mirror as Norris is coming down his left hand uh, side. Uh, so the I damage think he was because he's talking to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was pretty oblivious, and yeah, I think Norris could have left more. A bit silly. Um, I don't think he lost McLaren all yeah. that much because he was way down the order anyway. Uh, and I think that's like most of the things that happened in the race. Um, pretty much. Don't know how many of them we actually saw. The the, the um, choice of camera angles was interesting to say the least at times. But um, I guess to kind of to finish up before we go into the awards, purely talking about the track as we always do. What do we think about this as a new circuit for F one? I mean, I quite like. I think the Mickey. I, f- I think it's a great circuit, other than the Mickey Mouse area where all the chicanes are. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think that's awful for Formula One cars. They look so clumsy going around there. It's just not that exciting to see those Ross cars. Braun has already that said they're gonna look at it. Yeah, it's it's not like exciting, but they they'll have to like reroute the circuit to some degree to do something about that because they've got to get like over one of the slip road and then under another and it's the only way to like realistically slow the cars down to be able to do it at the minute so i think they need to find a different way of getting yeah. around that Just part of the circuit all the tech pro all the <laughs> bloody tech pro that's what they need well that, to do. that yeah. needs to be there in the first place the tech pro like not Is having it tech, tech pro? pro what are the what are there's the tech pro and there's plastic ones with the water safer. in them safer yeah, barriers that's the, safer. the other one yeah. Yeah. just all yeah. the safer barriers get them in there um I feel like that corner is going to be the new um, Singapore, Singapore sling. sling. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, like, the first words yeah. that came to my head were Singapore like, sling right there. That's it going to be a awful. problem and then it will go away. Yeah. Um, um, but what, but yeah, so otherwise, your question was, what was your question? Like, what 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 do we think overall as a race? Yeah, just as overall a as, as a circuit. Yeah, and I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, Tom. Like, other than that beat, which needs changing. Like, I I was impressed with the rest of it. It was um, looks cool. It seemed to, especially these new cars, like allow racing to happen. There were three pretty consistent overtaking points. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good. So other than the other than sort of fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, I think it's pretty pretty solid circuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, awards time. Yeah, yeah. Driver of the day. I mean, I was I tempted to. Oh, go on, you 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 do yours first. Uh, I was going to say Russell because he started really far back and he's in not a great car at the moment, and he beat his teammate. No, I mean, it's he got a bit lucky, for me. I suppose. That's the thing with Russell. It's like, did he get lucky or did he play the look very well, if that makes sense? Like, he, he did call staying out to wait for a safety car and it happened, but... Yeah, I think you yeah, know, that, he... that absolutely merits him for driver of the day to make that call, to take that risk mm-hmm. and to take responsibility yeah. for that yourself. That's keep, definitely, keep the... you know, merit in that. Keep the tyres operating well enough to make it work and so on mm-hmm. yeah like there's, there's plenty that. in that to be driver based um Ocon. i mean uh, yeah on a similar note that was mine o- Ocon was mine because just the fact that yeah he had the big shunt in quality but 
he didn't half make up for it in terms of like what he was essentially coming back from and what he did with the car from the back. Yeah. Um, like uh, that was a that was a good solid drive for me. I think from Ocon. Yeah. Um, I think Verstappen too. I think even though he yeah. got the official yeah. driver of the day and he won the race, and we we technically don't normally do this, like, but it, you know. He started in third place. He overtook two cars to take the lead of the race. His start, his, his overtake against Science at the start of the race was epic as well. It was a really good yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he you know he soaked up the pressure towards the end of the race as he was getting attacked by Leclerc. Um, he had a safety car restart to deal with. You know, all these things are very driver of the day esque sort of things to happen to a driver. So I think yeah. he absolutely warrants driver of the it's day pretty... for that reason. Pretty vintage Verstappen win, really, wasn't it? Yeah, big time. Yeah, um, yeah. Got three to choose from there. I, I think Albon as well. I don't think I, I'm not. I don't want to pick Albon, but I think as an honourable mention, I think that was another really solid drive from him. Mm. Um, I think I want to say Ocon. Hmm. Okay. So I'm going to I mean, I'm Ocon. <laughs> yeah. I'm in camp. I'm either in camp Verstappen or in camp um, Russell. I'd struggle to give it to Ocon myself. What camp are you in, Tom? Well, I originally put Ocon forward, so I'll just stay there and then we can give it Ocon. Oh, did you? Okay, you got Ocon yeah. then. There you Ocon go. It is. So there you go. That was um, what about move of the day? Apparently, there were like 40-odd overtakes in that race. I feel like we maybe saw half of them at best yeah probably still during looking, the at the race. Crowd, looking at the crowd or the fake marina or the entire time yeah um the mermaid <clears throat> yeah the mermaids oh my god so weird anyway save we'll, it. We'll, save we can it. get to all that we can save all that um <laughs> move of the day uh definitely the the stroll one that you showed us at the start of this like the stroll one was rad is it, no, no, you sorry, mean the Vettel, Vettel one. You're, Vettel you're one. making Crofty's mistake. <laughs> I'm doing a Crofty. The Vettel, the Vettel overtake on Latifi was next level. That was really, really good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, um, yeah. Verstappen's race start and overtake of Science was excellent. Alonso's, yeah. Alonso's race start and um, you know hanging it around the outside in turn one on a number of cars. Um, yeah. Also, excellent racing. So yeah, there's three yeah. there for us to pick from straight yeah. away. Yeah, someone in the uh, Discord, I think it might have been Sarah, specifically nominated Alonso on the drivers' parade because he basically said the drivers' parade was so slow that um, he just spent it having a good nose at the tarmac around turn one and like basically looking at where the grip was, and he sort of used that information to help him sling around the outside at the race start, mm. which is. Which is fun. It's a very Alonso thing to do. Yeah. Um, one that I don't know if either of you have even seen by the sounds of what you're telling me, but um, Ricardo pulled off an absolutely classic Ricardo on Sonoda into turn one. Yes, um, I did see that one. It was a. It was a. Super it was like late a break, wasn't it? Super late from a long way back. Um, I mean, he wasn't even alongside him by like the hundred meter boards for turn one. Is how late he left it. Um, yeah, I think yeah. that's got my vote actually. I remember seeing that one and thinking, "Oh, that might be that might be a move of the day right there." So it was. whenever that yeah. happens, you always think straight away, don't you? So I think that that's mine yeah. too. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that one. Okay, yeah, that's good. Is, actually, that is good. <laughs> uh, have you, so you managed yeah, to find? Oh, you managed yeah. to find it, Chris. I was going to say I can get you if you need it. So. Yeah, yeah, I just saw it. Yeah, cool. 
Nice. That's me two for two then. I'm getting in some politics. One one more thing I want to mention of move of the day before we move on is on, I think it was the qualifying pre-show, there was a thing of, um, it was Martin Brundle and Sebastian Vettel driving Aston Martins around the circuit, like looking at the circuit and whatever. And they were kind of egging each other on to go faster. And the, the highlight of it was Martin Brundle going down the back straight, just really casually saying, where do you think I should break? About 200 metres? And he said that as he was tearing past the 300 metre board at about 180 miles <laughs> Oh my God. Love it. Which is like the, the ballsiest, most casual thing I've ever seen from him. It's like, <laughs> what do you reckon? 200 metres? <laughs> um, so yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, right, final award. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Where do we even begin? Oh my god! Just okay. So off the straight away off the top of my head, fake Marina. Why? Um, roided up dude, probably coked up, just absolutely. <laughs> yeah, tripping. I know exactly who you. When mean. Uh, Verstappen <laughs> overtook Science at the start of the race, like it cut to this guy, and this guy yeah. is just like veins pulsating in his head. Do you, know, do you know what? Do you know what? Crazy. I, I turned to it. I turned to Emily when I saw that guy, and I went. And this is why people don't like Hamilton and Verstappen fans, because that's exactly <laughs> what half of them yeah. look like. Just raging. Like, imagine what that guy would be doing like, if, I'm, if Verstappen crashed. <laughs> like, he'd probably go and <laughs> kill someone. Um, oh, what else we got? There's, we already mentioned um, the mermaids. That was surreal. Mer- bizarre mermaid situation. There's the grid. The grid walk was just weird from Brun- from for Martin Brundle. I feel kind of bad for him for that. Yeah, fake Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was insane. <laughs> that was mental, wasn't it? I've just been informed that you are not in fact Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> accidental partridge, mm. like big time accidental he really partridge. Really was, and it's a shame because I like Martin Brundle, and he's mm. he's normally way cooler than being an accidental partridge. He's just been put in that position by the production. Really did. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. Um, what else we got? There's, I think, oh. like just the overall, like the hyping of the, the. We've mentioned it already, but like the hyping up of the race weekend, without actually yeah. ever really mentioning cars going around a track at any point. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was weird. <laughs> like everything about it was just the, the helmets of, on the podium, narrative helmets on yeah. the podium. Oh my god, the po- oh my god, the uh, <laughs> the motorcade that yeah, Verstappen took. So, my the, the the motorcade thing was already bizarre. But my absolute favourite bit is there's all this thing about the motorcade because you know the, the podium was like miles away from the pit lanes so they had to get there so they made a thing of it like oh like the winner gets to have a motorcade to get there and then finally arrive and Leclerc and Sainz are already sat there waiting yeah. for him <laughs> like they clearly just walked around the corner Sainz has already changed outfit <laughs> yeah yeah oh topless Sainz topless Sainz yeah. topless Sainz was mm-hmm. mental and, and the fact that the camera like wouldn't dare be on him because he didn't have yeah the camera on. awkwardly <laughs> zoomed move on, on the- <laughs> put his top back on. No, no nips so on F1 I mean, TV. Right? No, no, no nips. Ever, yeah, no one ever, no one ever seen like a man's chest before. Like, Surreal. Oh Just, do, yeah. do you know what though? Having said all what? of that, I kind of came out of it like we, we obviously all expected this race to just be a bit mad. Like who you know, who knows what kind of crazy stuff they're going to come up with. And I almost came out of it a little disappointed that there wasn't more 
madness. Like, okay, yeah, there was some, but I was almost wow. like, like, the, I mean, the, what, what do you want from him, Chris? Well, I, like, know. I don't know. I was, I was, ex- I was expecting it to be utterly insane, and it kind of, <laughs> yeah, like, like there was no pre-race <laughs> nonsense, really. It was like gunge in Dan the champagne Mar- pot or something. Like, <laughs> he, he wanted Dan Marino. Dan Marino coming up, taking the trophy off Verstappen, and just touchdown spiking it into the floor, yeah. and then just walking didn't, off like. Didn't see men. the rock. Didn't see the rock the entire time. Apparently, yeah, the rock, the rock was there. Was there. Didn't, see him once. didn't wheel him out. Like, there, what was yeah. that about? Yeah, you can't have the rock at your Formula One race and not wheel him out, can you? That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like, like you joke about Dan Marino. I genuinely wouldn't have surprised me if they like had him fake throw the trophy and then like ziplined it <gasps> onto the podium. Or that something. would have like, been rad. It, that would have been but, so like, cool. Stuff like that wouldn't even have surprised you, and it, it almost felt. <laughs> tamer than we'd built it up to be or guess that mm. tamer than f1 had built it up to be almost yeah i mean it was still mad well i don't know quite how they've managed that all i'm learning from this is chris has a future in planning ridiculous american <laughs> f1 races yeah i would like to see like what would come out of chris's brain if he was planning like that kind of event <laughs> like, how extreme can we make it are people being gunged do they have to drive go-karts at some point in the race. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Tell you what I was really weird as well. The, um, the second, the second W series race, they did the podium, oh, the they guitar. gave them the trophies. Yeah. And then someone just walked out and handed Jamie Chadwick a pink guitar and just because walked off again. Oh, pink, because she's a woman, pink. But yeah, exactly. Like, it's already like, yeah, just like, horribly what? on the nose. But there was no like, reason for it no explanation and no or don't know who this person was just like there you go there's maybe a guitar they, for you maybe there's just like, Chadwick is just like oh okay i guess i have this guitar now <laughs> so sorry i'm just really losing my my mind over paul in chat saying the winner should have gotten rock bombed <laughs> that would have been great if if it had just come out and just like people's elbowed him or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's where he's been hiding <laughs> Stu's just injured oh, his hand. Really? He's got that animated about all of this. Yeah, I did. I've um, I I dropped a paint bucket on my thumb the other day, and I've just clicked my thumb, and I think it might be broken. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's really right. <laughs> Can we pick a single thing for this? <sighs> it's oh my god, we've just been through so event, many, hasn't it? There's just too much of I, it. I don't know. I think there's definitely one in there. For me, it's the it's the traffic, the motorcade traffic jam was just. I think it's that for me. What as the well. hell is going on? Like absolutely mad, like yeah. bonkers, bonkers, bonkers thing to happen. Like that was just so so pointless as well. So that and weird. The, the thing that I feel like the um the ha- the the fake marina experience looked kind of depressing as well. <laughs> it <Like>. did, yeah. <laughs> the fake marina just thing the- was just so weird. Like the fact that people are clearly paid to stand yeah. on a boat that's on yeah. the back of a trailer yeah. surrounded by pretend water. Strange. <laughs> strange. The it's things so people spend their money on, eh? Like, I will but, say, I mean, it makes, you did get a great view of the track from up there. That's true. It does all make the pretend eagle they projected onto the track at Cote look pretty, <laughs> pretty nothing in comparison. Oh my God, yeah, that looks like, yeah, that, that now is like a nothing thing compared to what we've seen this weekend. I mean, anything could happen at this point for the rest of the season and it wouldn't surprise me now. So. And to, to repeat what I've seen several people saying in Discord earlier, we've just been talking through all of this and we've not even got to Vegas yet. 
imagine what that's going to yeah. be like. Oh my god, is that this year? Is next year? Next year. Oof. Yeah. Buckle up, everyone. It's be insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to have to. They're going to have to go one better because it's Vegas, and they're all yeah, exactly. obviously it's gonna in be, competition yeah. with Miami. One like, They're in competition with each other. So yeah, they're definitely going to try and one off each other. Oh my giddy aunt, I can't wait for that. Right, yeah. Tom, do you want to take us through predictions? Yeah. I'm going to do some prediction stuff. Um, so I, it was actually an all right week for me and you, Chris, for once. Um, I got <laughs> what, because points. you actually submitted predictions. <laughs> yeah, because we actually did, we actually did it. Um, yeah, I got three points: Leclerc, Verstappen, and then 15 finishes, and you got Leclerc, Verstappen as well. Stu, sadly, you got nothing because you didn't, you didn't bother. <laughs> so, just literally didn't but, make any. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm annoyed because I would have is. predicted Leclerc for pole as well, so I would have got a point yeah. at least. Mm. Yeah. A um, couple of people got four points, though, so a couple of people ahead, ahead of uh, myself and many other people, for that matter. Uh, Justine O'Hara and Tom Thorne both got four out of uh, five Basically getting Charles, Max, Guan Yu Zhou, 15 finishes. Um, and Mr. Latifi, of all people, let them down. Both of them. Because he finished. So. That was the problem. I mean, not only that he finished, is that he finished in 14th. Although, surprisingly, quite a few people did actually get it right. So, some hmm. people out there do have faith, at least. Um, so, yeah. Um, in terms of the overall standings, uh, that leaves uh, Vinny Blanco out in the lead on 10 points with Will Thacker in second on nine and a half and then a nice group of people in third chasing them down. Um, still worth getting involved because, I mean, 10 points is two perfect weekends, people. Easy to catch that, right? So head to backofthegrid.com if you want to get involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, over in Fantasy Corner, uh, Grid Rivals, we have a new leader. Um, I think, I can't remember if this is a returning leader, Darth Tater. Definitely been in the top three. Can't remember if been a leader. Uh, but Darth Tater is number one right now. Green Lantern Corpse is number two. And I can't say this name. I.D. Depraz, I hope that's right. That's that's who's in third. Um Helps if you set your team for grid rival, by the way, people, because I decided to not have a constructor this week, so that didn't go well for me. Um, I, I I didn't have an anything for Imola because I forgot that they all expired before Imola, so that was silly of me. Oh, no. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So make sure you go renew your contracts, people. Go renew your contracts. Um, and then over in the official F1 Fantasy League... Um, I have clicked on the wrong thing at some point, which means I can't actually see who's number one. Um, Team Odors is still leading there. Um, and um, I don't think that's changed all season, has it? So No, I think so. Stephen is the, definitely the person to catch there. Um, falling down in grid rival, Stephen. You're about 18th or something in there. Go sort that out. Come on. <laughs> fantasy, it's supposed to be Fantasy King. So, yeah, um, if you want to get involved in either of those, they're easy enough to. Backofthegrid.com, hit the fantasy link, and you can join Grid Rivals or the official F1 just by clicking either button. Join both. Why not? It's fun. It's free. It's cool. Should we do inbox? Let's do inbox. Okay, let's do inbox. Keep me saying now. Stay out. Box, box, box. Hey, man. 
Low percent lunge says. Ooh, ooh. I just dropped something. Is that you? <laughs> what was really weird is you said low percent lunge and then that happened. It sounded like you were trying to do one. <laughs> yeah, just, just doing a quick lunge under my desk. I might need to lunge to get whatever's dropped behind my desk out. Um, low percent lunge says, how do you think the TV direction of the Miami GP will impact the fans' opinions about the race? Interesting. Poorly. In a word. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a loaded question there. Isn't there? <laughs> it wasn't good, was it? Um, there was There's a room for lot of cutting away from action and watching someone drive around on their own when you could tell from the timing tower there were people close to get. Like they, they came so yeah. close to missing the overtake for the for lead because they were faffing around showing something else. Yeah, and like the and like I know the sort of sky coverage and the um, actual broadcast of the race is separate things, but like Sky seemed to like have their eye off the ball a bit this weekend as well. Like there seemed to be more mistakes than usual in commentary, and they were like throwing to Ted at really weird times, and yeah, yeah, everything just seemed a bit off, didn't it, this weekend? Like I said earlier, like it's like they'd gone gone away on holiday, mm. it, and there was oh they had to do some work as well. It wasn't like like they it felt to me like there was a lot of sort of maybe maybe there was a lot of partying going on behind the scenes outside of the broadcasts, mm. and it's just like everyone definitely like you could tell like it yeah people were off the ball. It felt like this weekend. I think there's a lot of distraction going on in Miami. It's that's clear to see. So I think that probably played a part, but I think when it, I think to cut away from action to show the crowd is always unforgivable. I think I'd always rather mm-hmm. see the cars go around than look at some guy absolutely losing his mind in the grandstands, you know. So yeah, um, I am going to defend the F1 TV team because they were the exact opposite. I thought this weekend they were like incredibly, incredibly like on point all the way through, and. I started to think about this a little bit because what they were really, really good at this weekend, better than, like they're usually pretty good at it anyway, but what they were even better at than usual this weekend is the second something was unfolding further down the pack, it was immediately side by side. Didn't matter what the main feed was following, even if it was like the lead, they were putting whatever was going on down the pack side by side. So mm-hmm. much, picture in picture kind of thing. No, no, side by side, like fifty percent, fifty percent. Oh like, yeah, so like two, two yeah, so like not, not not like not crappy little window on the tower like what the main feed has. <laughs> not like some little two inch box in the bottom corner, like full on side by side. Just look at whichever screen you want screen. to look at, and like full on split screen. That is cool. That's and a it, new thing. That's a new thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's new new, and they've sort of been bringing it in gradually. But this week is like the first week I've seen them proper take advantage of it and really utilize it. So when people are like, oh, well, nobody overtook anyone and nothing happened in it, it's like I I can basically tell the people that watched something that was the world feed compared to people that watched the... Yeah. F1 TV feed F1 TV based on broadcast, based yeah. on the fact the F1 TV feed did the side by side and you saw so much more going on, um, and the mm. commentary just seemed to stay on point. Like I mean, I can't comment for 
what was wrong with the commentary on Sky and whatever because I wasn't listening to it. But yeah, I would say that it wasn't like what you two are saying. F1 TV wasn't like what you two are saying. Yeah, your experience of watching the Grand Prix was different from ours. Yeah, it sounds (laughs) Do you think that's something they're maybe using F1 TV to like trial to then maybe start including in the main broadcast? I don't know if it's more they're using F1 TV to do things like that exclusively to get people right. to switch of course direct. It is. Because, because you get far much more in-line team radio there in the sense... And, and Will Buxton, if he's doing like quality practice, any kind of commentary, he's the king of announcing... This is exclusive to F1 TV, folks, because you know, we all know what Will's like. We all know Will's personality. And like, even the way I've said that, I'm, I can see like Chris smirking. He's like, yep, that's a Will Buxton kind of yeah, thing. I there. just rolled my but eyes. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's like the king of like, that's a, like an exclusive bit of an audio that's essentially only getting played out here. Um, so there's a heck of a lot more like team radio for, for the context of things that are going on as well um how naive of me to think they might give us something for free because it's good (laughs) sweet naive i mean like oh i wonder if we'll get that soon yeah i i get i get the feeling (laughs) that i get the feeling that like when the current sky deal is done there will be a lot more option for people to subscribe direct to f1 tv and honestly, Very much I so. would not blame a single person for doing that, based on my experience so far. But well, now this it season. works. I, you know what they, they were. They, you know what they're even doing. They're even putting a delay on the Sky um, feed in comparison to the the F1 TV like comms feed as well. So yeah. the Sky, like if you watch the Sky feed, the international feed on um, F1 TV, there's actually like a good probably five seconds it's about five seconds behind the consistently around about five seconds behind the yeah. f1 tv version and people are naturally mm. going to go because because of what people are like they are going to want yeah. the one that doesn't have the delay so that's another little cheeky mm. little ploy i think they're doing which is ironic when sky sky sports um tagline is it's only live once but yeah actually not, yeah. not yeah. quite as live as other places <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that tagline is one of the exact reasons that I've stopped watching it through Sky, ironically, because their motto of if if you if you, basically if you're a streaming customer like me, you like you don't have a Sky box. If you cannot watch that race there and then in the moment, the exact moment it starts on the now TV streaming service, you cannot watch. Well, you then cannot watch it basically. It. You're, you're missing it. Yeah. No on demand. Well, that's There's the no start now from. TV, though. I mean, it is. But I can do it on F1 TV. I can do it on like BBC iPlayer. I can do it on ITV. Do you know like any other TV yeah. streaming service lets me do a watch from beginning thing and I can watch it like delayed. You know, say I've turned up 10 yeah. minutes late or something and then fast forward it at my yeah. own leisure. Not with them. Yeah. And that is one of the key reasons no, I moved. But, so, that, But the, at the same time, that is like for now TV, that is like one of the... So without getting sort of turned into a broadcast TV podcast, like <laughs> now TV's whole selling point is it's now it's live. It's, it's, you know, you watch it other than like the, um, for the sports, especially anyway, for the, for the, I guess the, um, the entertainment's different, but all the live yeah, sport yeah. and stuff, their whole like point is, I mean, you yeah, can eventually you can watch, watch it back it 
to be fair. You can eventually watch highlights and stuff back, but... But it's on their yeah, time. It's just table. inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's inconvenient. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my opinion anyway. It's, it's basically like watching, like, real telly. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, right? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of crazy that we live in a world now where, like, you can be unhappy that you don't have the option to sort of skip backwards and forwards through a TV show yeah. that you're watching, right? Or like to or, or watch it when you feel like watching it rather than when it's on. Yeah. That's like right, that's a genuine Because this is a genuine fact. This is a real reason why you're watching F1, using F1 TV because you only get that with F1 TV, right? So that's a yeah, huge I mean, selling it, point. That's a cool it, thing. It's, it is. It, I mean, it helps like just being able to delay the start of it for 10 minutes something. But it's also just the fact that I know I can go up on that app and re-watch any given bit of that race at any moment. Like like the thing I was talking about with the Gasly-Lando incident, I know that if I go up on that race, I can skim, scrub through to the lap that it happened on. Mm-hmm. I can watch Gasly's on board. I can watch Norris's on board. The team radio's there. Like It's just all there if I want it at any point, any given point that I want it. So... Yeah, it's um, it's far superior. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next? We we'll probably move on to the next yeah. one. I think we've done that question now. Yeah, basically, if you don't like the race direction, anyone go get F1 TV and do it yourself. Yeah, that's a simple answer. Tom says like he's about to drop a referral code that gives him a free month of it every time someone signs up. I wish. Oh man, <laughs> I, imagine if I had one of them, I'd be loaded. Mm. <laughs> um, so the next one, I'll do the next one. Yeah, it's a big uh, one because there's a couple. Yeah, a couple of similar ones. Um, I'll sort of summarise. McCheco uh, is a lot of off-track antics detracting away from the racing, attracting the wrong people for the wrong reasons, and wouldn't it be better for fans and the sport itself to instead have a proper race at a proper circuit? I'm doing air quotes. It's a podcast. You can't see me. Um, <laughs> saying that, surely America has plenty of established circuits that could host F1. And then Simon Molyneux added, is Miami a glimpse into the future of F1? As a long-time fan, I believe, the sporting side has been increasingly dumbed out and the emphasis moving to putting on a show at all costs. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, yeah, that's the throwback to the start of the podcast, everything we said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, without, like, going too deep into it again, I I think there's room on the calendar, especially when it's bloody... 50 races a season or whatever it's going to end up being there's <laughs> there's room there's room for both there's room mm-hmm. for the big spectacular cool locations where people can go and spend five thousand dollars on a ticket and it can all be showy and then also have room for just your classic race tracks where people go and camp in the rain to watch it and you know yeah. there's there has to i think f1 can cover that kind of range of things and i as much as like F1's been doing more of the glitzy, glamoury, the places with the most money direction recently. Like, un- until we start seeing those races like replacing Spa and Monza and Silverstone and stuff, I don't think we need to be overly worried. Like, ultimately. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I've seen a lot of criticism of Liberty after this race and it's easy to forget how much good Liberty have done for the sport. Like, yeah. If you think the state F1 was in before they took over, like it was going nowhere. Like it barely had a Twitter account. (laughs) And like these days it's everywhere and you can just always find something if you want it. So Mm, I think 
on the back of that as well that as cringy as I found a lot of what's gone on over the last weekend and maybe a little bit before that as well, it's it's the first race there and I don't think that it'll be to that extent every year that it's there now going forward. No. I mean, like, think back to when we first started going to Circuit of the Americas, they had, like, Bruce Buffer announcing every single driver as he walked <laughs> yeah. out onto the track, and he's like, it's the world champion, Lewis Hamilton! And, like, yeah, people cheering and ticker tape, and, like, it was just... I mean, we talked about the giant eagle that was being cast across. Like, there was just <laughs> weird stuff going on. It doesn't happen there anymore. Like... Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's the odd, like, crazy, what on earth is going on here moment, like the Shackmobile. <laughs> but, like, it's not just a constant parade of crazy. And I think it's just this whole, like, the the first one has to be intense kind yeah. of vibe. And once that's done, it sort of returns to a more normal state, I think. So, and like, you know, you think about the helmets, like the first time they went to Cota, they had the Pirelli cowboy yeah. hats. And the first time they went to um, back to Mexico City, they had the Pirelli sombreros. Like, you know, they're not going to wheel out yeah. the, the helmets every year. It's just like a thing to do because it's the first one. So it's just a silly hat. It's just a silly hat. <laughs> it's just give a silly a, hat. Just give it, it's our first time. Let's give them a silly hat. <laughs> didn't, didn't they have the traditional Russian things when we first went to they Sochi did, as yes. well? Yeah. They did, yeah. They so, had those, yeah. Just culturally appropriate headwear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Culturally appropriate uh, or appropriated, uh, depending on your... Yeah, depending on your context. <laughs> <laughs> do, you to add a, do you want to add anything to this, Stu, before I read the next one? Um, no, I think, you, I think we've covered that one. I think we've got that. Okay. I think that my, my contribution was plenty. <laughs> cool uh, Sarah says how worrisome is it that Ferrari is yet to bring any development to their car especially considering that they have a history of not being great at keeping up with development I'm not worried no I'm not worried at all Spain I think yeah yeah uh, the fact Spain. they're leading both uh, championships ask, ask without having bought any upgrades is a very happy place for them to be yeah, I think if 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 we'd got to Spain and you were asking this question, then I think there would be maybe something to worry about because then mm -hmm. you start to ask questions about whether or not there's an issue with the development of the car, whether there's yeah. whether they've got the most out of it, whether they can't find any new avenues, kind of thing, whether they've already developed it to its maximum <laughs> at the very beginning <laughs> of the season. Yeah. But the fact that we haven't seen any real upgrades from them yet, actually, right now points in the opposite direction it makes you think that they've they've got a big upgrade plan for it and that's coming in probably spain or maybe even the race after yeah, but yeah I, i'm not worried and and to calm everyone resident rocket scientist and ferrari fan jeff says he's not worried either so it's fine <laughs> oh that's good news <laughs> we're all good then um next is it me yeah um wes yeah. says um assuming he can maintain focus on his race and not a tussle between the mercedes drivers might we see <laughs> valtteri back on the podium this season yeah i think we will yeah could do it'll take I a chance a weird race and some weird circumstances but i think we will i mean we're not here for it we've seen <laughs> both of the mercedes on there um has Lando had... No, Lando hasn't had one yet, has he? Has he? No. No. 
I got really confused then. I yeah. felt like he did. But yeah, anyway, but my point was going to be that like the the opportunities have already started coming, like with the fact that the no, mates have been he was able on the podium to grab a yeah, I thought he Norris was. Had a podium. I, Norris had a podium. I was going to say, I thought he was. I thought I just like fever dreamed it while I'd been <laughs> ill. Because <laughs> I have had some weird fever dreams. Um, yeah, so like the opportunities have like been there. Um, so I think just perfect storm for Bottas and he'll get one. Interesting tidbit for you. Stu's favourite person, Will Buxton, is getting a Valtteri Bottas tattoo if Valtteri Bottas... Gets a podium this season. Of course he is. <laughs> so, learn sure. that from F1 TV, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't um, sound like something that he'd just say at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think we've covered all the things. I mean, we haven't covered all the things, but that would be That's not possible, possible this weekend. That is no. not possible. It's been too much of a mental one. But I think it ha- it was worth us waiting to record this, the three of us together, because we've got a lot more out of it for that. Yes, definitely. So, very good. Absolutely. Glad to be back. Glad, glad, glad we could all be together again. Aww. Um, right. We will be back in a week's time to preview the Spanish Grand Prix. Yeah, less than a week. Si, sí, senor. On well, less than a week. Probably less than a week. Yeah, yes. probably. So we'll be back to do that. We'll talk Spain. We'll preview it all. Well, it'll all be horrifically wrong because everyone's going to bring up grades and the running order will completely change. So that'll be fun. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to see how you get on the predictions league, if you want to sign up for predictions league, if you want to check out the fantasy leagues, it's all on backofthegrid.com. It's all nice and shiny with all the new logos and stuff now. Oh, is it? It is, yeah. Is it? He's had those for ages. This shows how um, literally looks at it. I thought you meant you new. I thought you meant you'd done like a new style to it. I knew the logos. I mean, no, Chris, the, lo- the, the logos, logos have been there for ages, Chris. Stu well, doesn't I... even use it, and he knows <laughs> the logos are on there. Um, so you can do all of those things there. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and send us messages and funny. Valtteri Bottas pictures. That's like 90% of the content that we get. Um, But yes, until the... Oh, and you can go to patreon.com forward slash back of the grid where you can see how you can join the Discord and all of our lovely Discord friends there. Um, It was uh, all the more entertaining watching the race with Discord chat going on. So you can see how to get involved with that there. And I think that's all the things I've got to say. So we'll see you in a week's time. But until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. I waved goodbye then. (laughs) <laughs> you did, I saw. We've done a lot of visual stuff for this audio medium, haven't we, this week? <laughs>